Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Views of the World. This is Tobias speaking. I'm here together with my co-host. Ashani Samon. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. And uh, yeah, we really enjoyed last episode and we're happy to share another of our experiences and discuss a little bit about it. Just for those of you who have not, uh, were just new, just joined recently, we'll start off with some context, you know, what was the situation like? Where did you come from? Then what were maybe prejudices about the place that you were uh, visiting? What experience did you actually make? And then what are the takeaways, which we'll dive in a little bit more together. And today it's, it's someone sharing with us one of his uh, experiences, I believe, from Germany. And yeah, let's go right into it. Uh, someone, please, if you could give us just some context of what, um, yeah, what were you doing? Uh, about yourself in that time and yeah where did you come from what's the context of your story right uh so i, I had just finished engineering school in france uh i was 23 at the time and um uh, i had uh, applied for jobs uh, got some offers in france and got an offer from a company called Deutsche telecom in germany i decided to go for the german offer so at this point I had already flown to Germany once for the interview uh, and I was flying back now to start my job. So moving fully uh, to Germany for the first time. I had never been to Germany before, uh, before right. the interview. And uh, yeah, I didn't know how people live there or anything. Oh, wow. So big step, I guess. Yeah, just one visit and then deciding to, to join the business there. But okay. Excellent. Thank you very much. And maybe a little bit of your uh, prejudices or let's say what, how did you imagine the place to be like, or what did you expect when you, when you, before you go in there? Right. Um, so before I went for the interview, um, I just knew Germany to be the country that had, uh, that made nice cars like, uh, you know, BMWs and uh, Mercedes cars mm -hmm. are nicer than the French cars. Um, I knew that the uh, national team was great at football because that was uh, 2006, I believe, when um, the World Cup uh, was played um, in Germany as well. So that was it must have fresh. been a long time ago, and the team was really good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. And uh, I had a usual sort of history knowledge. Uh, it's the country of Hitler that had this World War thing mm -hmm. it was more from a cultural perspective so mm -hmm. i didn't really know or have much from germany uh, we had some german um, erasmus students that came to france mm -hmm. uh, typically they were very serious mm -hmm. uh very let's say focused on work sometimes mm -hmm. uh we found them to not be you know have this joie de vivre yeah, ça va vivre, it's a bit short, I guess. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. So I had, the, those were my, you know, prejudices from before I went to the uh -huh. interview. Now, after the interview, um, German, Germany looked very decentralized first compared uh -huh. to Paris, right? Uh -huh. I went to Bonn specifically uh -huh. for my interview and that's where I also worked. Uh, Bonn was a relatively small city. Uh -huh. um, I remember the second field, feel that I had was corporate Germany or Deutsche Telekom uh, consulting offices then, it was very serious. Okay. Um, I remember I, I didn't see a lot of people, you know, smiling or to, making jokes 
in the uh -huh. street. So it felt like we're here for work <laughs> kind of place. <laughs> um, right. And the last thing I would say is I felt the infrastructure and the roads and how everything worked was a little more orderly mm -hmm. than, than in France, right? Uh, at the airport, there is this place to go and get your cab. It's right. not like Charles de Gaulle where a bunch of people are just coming to you and trying to get you to get in their cars. Mm -hmm. uh, when you get in the car, the price is preset. It's not, again, like Charles de Gaulle where there might be some negotiations. Mm -hmm. The roads, everybody's driving, you know, in their lane. Everybody's uh, respecting traffic. So it felt more structured. Understood, understood. And I think one aspect that I just feel interesting, maybe also to our listeners, um, you know, you, you finished your degree in Paris or in France, I, I, I believe, yeah? And, right. and what really drew you to this job or to this company or to this country? What was the main driver why you went for this one and not other offers that you might have had at the time? Right. Um, I had an offer from Accenture in Germany, uh, but sorry, Accenture in France at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, from the place that I did my internship, Alcatel in, mm -hmm. in France. And there were all these other companies called SS2Z. They're like service companies in France, which were relatively easy to get offers to. But the reason I chose Germany was, um, I think, twofold. First, I really like discovering new places, traveling, etc. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I spent several years in France. And so I was feeling like I needed a different experience. Right. And the second thing was that the job was going to be in a different language mm -hmm. uh, than France. I really wanted to work in an English speaking environment mm -hmm. and the job had some com international components and they said that English was the official language. So I thought, huh, not bad. Okay, cool. So explorer kind of uh, drive, I guess. Uh. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that's good enough for me, at least, to have a good idea where you were at and what you thought of the place. And then I would like to know more. What what happened? What would you like to share with us today? Yeah, I would like to share my experience um, the first three weeks uh, on the job, uh, specifically related to being on time, which is mm -hmm. called Punktlichkeit in German. Um, okay. So... The first Monday, uh, we were going to be, I was going to be introduced during our team meeting. Uh, I think something like 15 plus people. I showed up, um, you know, at 9.05. Okay. I was getting my badge done and sorting out some access things. I hadn't budgeted enough time for, so I was okay. slightly late. I thought 9.05, uh, that's fine. Okay. When I walked into the meeting room, everybody was there. Okay. And everybody just stopped. Uh, they had already started a meeting. Everybody stopped talking and stared at me. <laughs> and I felt a little uncomfortable wondering, did I kill someone? What happened here now? <laughs> and then uh, my boss said, Zamon, you are late. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Only then I realized what was going on. He said, well, just sit down and don't do it again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next Monday, I came to the meeting room at 8.45, so 15 minutes before the meeting. Yeah. Then my boss um, was walking past, and the, the door to the meeting room was open. So he okay. was walking past, and I could feel that he stopped right after passing the door. Mm 
and walked backwards mm -hmm. and looked inside. Mm -hmm. It was like, Zamon, what are you doing here? I'm like, you know, uh, I'm here for the meeting. I was feeling proud of myself for being there on time. Mm -hmm. He looked at his watch. He said, ah, it's 8.45. Don't you have anything to do? <laughs> and back then, you know, you work in your office, right? You go to the meeting rooms only for meetings. Right. And I think my laptop was also closed. So it wasn't obvious that I was doing any work. Not productive. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. Then... I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I have work. He said, yeah, then go to your office and do it. Then the third day, I was like, okay, I need to be here, obviously, right on time. So I went ahead of time to the meeting room opposite, uh, the, the main meeting room. And I was waiting patiently for 8.59. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then I walked in right at 8.59. And, of course, the majority of participants came in right at that time. Okay. Set up your laptop just on time to be uh, to start the meeting, mm -hmm. and so I could see most colleagues were like they felt a little bit, uh, you know, looked at me smiling in a positive way, almost like ah, now you are one of us, <laughs> kind of. Exactly, you know, yeah. may, okay. Maybe I was imagining this, but I just felt mm -hmm. more accepted, and you know, mm -hmm. maybe a bit of pride from mm -hmm. a colleague. Mm -hmm. including my boss. Now, right. since then, our relationship was great, totally, yeah. you know, fine. And yeah. I started applying the same things myself, you know, to my meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, and of, of course, everybody was uh, on time, mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was my experience being too late, too early, and finally on time. <laughs> All right. You say also in German something called "alle guten Dinge sind drei," which means uh, all good things are three. So in that case, also you know. proved it proved to be the case. Okay, so that's very you know. interesting, and I, I'm really curious how, first of all, this made you feel. What was your like reaction to what you experienced, and then how did you interpret it at the time, and maybe also today uh, after you lived and worked quite some time in Germany? So if you could sure. just dive into this a little bit. Sure. So how did it make me feel at the time? Um, initially confused mm -hmm. at the, when I was uh, a little late. Uh, when I came a little early, uh, I felt hurt that mm -hmm. it wasn't recognized that I, I made the effort. Mm -hmm. And when I finally came on time, the third time, I was feeling more like, okay, well, at least I'm going to get this guy off my back in terms of comments. <laughs> but then yeah. when I saw the positive reaction, mm -hmm. I started feeling a bit of pride still mixed with hurt. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. over time, when I realized that, okay, this is the way that the place works, mm -hmm. it was more now feeling of belonging in a way. Right. Oh, so right. it was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, so after uh, some time has passed, uh, because I was wondering, uh, did you also believe this to be an individual trait of your former boss or was it really the culture that demanded this kind of punctuality? And maybe you could right. reflect a little bit on this. Yes, uh, this is an interesting point where I made a few observations. So first mm -hmm. of all, I feel like maybe related to the history of, Ger of Germany and some people say this uh, protest protestantism, 
there mm -hmm. is this notion that you have to do your job, you have to do it well and apply yourself. So I think mm -hmm. part of this was you have to be on time for the sake of being on time, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you do everything the right way that you're supposed to do, then the output is going to be right. But if you mess something up, you're responsible for knocking the system out of equilibrium. So mm -hmm. I feel like there was some, you know, uh, you have to do it. That's the only way kind of rigidity about it. Right. Yeah, okay. That, that's uh, one. Now, over time, my interpretation became that it has to do with signaling quite a bit also, mm -hmm. because once I was known to be on time, you know, the rare times where I may not be on time, I, be, I may be slightly late. Right. I think it was more accepted. You know, certainly nobody said, someone, you are late, go and sit mm -hmm. down and these kind of things. It was mm -hmm. more like, we know that you are one of us. You, you can be on time. You are committed to being on time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe you needed to pee and right. you didn't have time to text to let us know. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Okay, understood. Yeah, I get it. Um, because this episode, of course, uh, stands out, I guess, in your experience from that time. Um, how was it before? Because you mentioned you were like five minutes uh, before after the meeting uh, started. Uh, was it very different to what you experienced before, let's say in France or else places? Uh, um, was it something totally surprising you or? Right. My experience in France, I remember um, I had at that point worked for maybe a total of nine months in France, all on internship. Mm -hmm. My experience in France was if a meeting is at nine, it's around nine. Some mm -hmm. people might be there five before nine. Some people five after nine. Maybe right. if you start being 10 minutes late, somebody might uh, call or send you a text. But mm -hmm. I feel like in France, it was more of um, people assume that if you're not there, you must be dealing with something important. And um, at least in my internships, then we use the time to catch up. Oh, have you mm -hmm. been? Oh, did you see this cinema? Oh, the weather is, is bad, etc. So it wasn't so much of a problem. In Germany, remember when I was talking about German people who are, appear to be too serious almost. In Germany, mm -hmm. I felt like everybody was there. It was like, I am here for the meeting. Yeah, we can talk, but only if the main matter is resolved. Mm -hmm. So let's talk maybe after or let's talk if there is a reason to talk, but let's not leave the main goal of the, the, the thing yeah. here, which is to meet. Understood, understood. And I think you, you mentioned this before, this Protestant culture, or let's say this, yeah, whatever, mercantilism or Calvinistic culture that has just maybe influenced uh, German uh, traits of Preussian pr uh, cultures. So um, I also think maybe it's a little bit of this um, self-worth or duty that people mm. uh, feel uh, is important in this time is money uh, uh, sense. And um, I think when you compare it to France, I, I would just like to hear you on your, your view. Um, because I think in, in southern countries, in my experience, it's more also relationships are very important. So relationship yes. maybe even comes first bef before, let's say, uh, actual matter at hand, you know? How do you see this from your experience? Um, what comes first and, and in, in what hierarchy does it play compared to other values of interaction between people? 
Right. And of course, everything I say is limited to my own experience. When I say in France, it means in my experience in France. When I say in Germany, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's important to recall that so that uh, listeners can know that these are just views. I -hmm. feel like France is an intermediate country. Mm -hmm. A place like Benin or uh, let's say many places in Africa is uh, more purely relationship driven. In France, I think there is this notion that officially things are not relationship driven. It's all about uh, blah, blah, blah. But then unofficially, yes, it's still relationship driven. In Germany, I felt like um, officially and unofficially, people felt a little bit uncomfortable when the relationship part starts being more than 50%. It's like, okay, if I'm your friend, yes, we are friends, but then we're not colleagues. But if I'm your colleague, let's not... It's one or the other, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of, right? So yeah, okay. if, so I think that's the, the way that I would, I would, I would qualify. It. Uh, it's a sliding scale. Germany being oh. a bit toward the extreme business uh, aspects. A place mm-hmm. like Benin being toward the extreme relationship aspect. Like if I'm not your friend in Benin, yeah. well, you're pretty much screwed because yeah. I'm not going to invest in the work. Even though the work is our duty, I'm not yeah. going to necessarily invest in the work for you. Again, my experience. In Germany, okay. I feel like even if I hate you, I feel like my duty is to do this job. I may hate doing it, but I will do it. Yeah. In France, I would say you know, uh, we are here to do the job. So I focus on the job, but I might not do it the, the right way because I'm like, ah, look, this guy, yeah. I hate him. Okay, I get it. That's super interesting aspect, actually, uh, to reflect on that, uh, on the differences. Because, you know, when you told the story or the experience, I also felt a little bit, you know, you worked, as you mentioned before, in an international organization yeah, that's used to working abroad yeah, with different cultures. So I would have, you know, in my when I heard it, had expected a little bit of sensitivity or let's say context in that sense. So I found when you, when you spoke about it, it could have or must have felt a little bit rude. Yeah. There could have been many other ways to uh, handle the situation. Let's say, you know, crack <laughs> a joke or, you know, maybe just let you introduce yourself or, or something else. There would have been 20 other ways of dealing with the situation as it happened. And, you know, but it was the way you expressed it. And I also found you mentioned first, you re- the first time you reacted confused, which is, I think, uh, you know, understandable but you didn't uh, react hostile against that but you could have i guess because i think it was a kind of um yeah not very hospitable uh, way of 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 handling the situation so my question is um considering a little bit you know again international organization um to what extent do you think it was also from the person driven in that way or was it um, really uh, the common way of doing it in that organization i mean from a power distance uh, aspect, from a hierarchy, authority level, was there certain intent with that? Or was it just, you know, without thinking about that, no rudeness included, just, you know, as you mentioned, being on time is good for everybody uh, to get things done. And, and what's, what do you think was the main motivation behind it? Right. Um, short answer to your question about, I could have reacted in a hostile way. I'm a very practical person. I was like, Look, I'm a new employee here, mm-hmm. plus I'm uh, one uh, 
non-German person among a sea of German people, of course, I'm not going to react in a hostile way. <laughs> what am I trying to win? You know, right. I am in the wrong. Uh, I am a minority, blah, blah, blah. So I was going to take it upon myself to study and understand the environment more to know how to handle it. Right mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. coming to your question, the main question, I think, and the question, as I understand it, is like, uh, was this reaction, did I think it was a, you know, just a, someone being peculiar or is it a general cultural thing in Germany? Mm -hmm. And I think it's an interesting question because ultimately cultures are almost like languages. They're always dialects, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has their own interpretation of a so-called culture. In the same meeting room, uh, depending on who the boss was, the reaction might have been completely, to totally different, right? My boss was maybe someone who, uh, from a personality perspective or from what he has seen before, it was mm -hmm. normal for him to act in that way. But there are other German people who, maybe from personality, maybe from where they've worked before, you know, they would have found my boss to be rude. Mm -hmm. So my sense is it goes a lot back to the individual. The extreme level of reaction is more to do with the individual themselves. However, mm -hmm. every culture has, let's say, a base of right. what is accepted. Yeah. So I think it's a mixture of the two. Um, I certainly, you know, later on, uh, didn't perceive that boss to be a mean person or a bad person. He, mm -hmm. you know, I noticed that he wasn't about me. He was just, he would have said or done the same thing to a German or to, you know, Exactly. Uh, that's a very interesting point because I was just about to ask uh, to what extent do you also factor in, let's say, you were, first of all, you were young, yeah, you were a new employee, obviously just graduated, and then uh, you were a foreigner and, uh, you know, maybe look different. Is there any kind of prejudice in the, included? Do you think, I think not just in that situation, but do you feel also in general in, in, in Germany you had this, uh, this aspect, uh, uh, I mean, regarding timeliness and maybe standing out a little bit. Do you think that that was also a factor or wasn't, as you mentioned, any German would have gotten the same kind of uh, feedback in that situation? Right. I mean, I think for this particular person, my boss, uh, in retrospect, I think he would have done it to any person, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. However, what I'd like to say is every country has people who discriminate and who, mm -hmm. people who behave differently to people that they're familiar with, etc. Or let's say even every family, some people, they treat their own family members, right? They treat other people differently. So in Germany, have I encountered racism, like personally? Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I haven't encountered um, things that I would call outright racism, sometimes ignorance, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for instance, someone double checking uh, my passport's Many times, uh, you know, I was like, what are you expecting to find in there? You know, I'm a German citizen. So, you know, so, or you flights arriving from South Africa uh, sometimes, right? Uh, the, mm -hmm. the people who are holding a certain color of passports, mm -hmm. right? Uh, normally, if you're holding a green passport, it means you're not German. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the police would let some people go uh, who looked uh, white, but who are holding a green passport. But right. then, you know, there will be sometimes, let's say a German or someone holding a red passport, but they're, they're not white. 
But before seeing the color of the passport, the police might pull them aside, say, oh, come, let me check you, right? Only then mm -hmm. to see that, okay, they have a European passport, okay, they belong here. So I yeah. think there's prejudice everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, I didn't feel, I didn't have an experience of like pure racism in Germany. Wow. As it okay. certainly is the European countries, one of the European countries where I felt, uh, let's say, the most uh, like neutral uh, reaction from the country toward me. Okay, so I understand in that particular situation, you don't as much um, see it as a particularly prejudice or let's say even racism uh, towards you, but I think it's a topic we should definitely dive in more deeply into another episode because, but I think in this particular context, you said it's not too much related to, to this aspect. That, that's, that's good to know. I think I would like now, at the, not, we are not at the end yet, but I think really for our listeners, it would be very interesting. I think we dropped a lot of, you know, ob observations and maybe, um, Uh, how interpretations, how we see or you see maybe the uh, what you experience. And I would really like to now take to our uh, last uh, chapter, let's say, uh, what are the takeaways? Uh, what can you learn from that experience, uh, you personally, but I think also in general, what are the takeaways um, for people um, that experience uh, similar, similar sure. things? So for me, uh, two takeaways. The first one is I think I really learned about productivity in Germany. Mm -hmm. The second takeaway is that I learned about this notion of uh, employee brands in mm -hmm. Germany also through this experience and many other ones. So right. let me talk about the first one. Um, mm -hmm. Productivity, yeah, you remember I just finished university. I've done a couple of internships. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't really exposed to an environment where, you know, you have to be productive and you have uh, performance reviews every three months or things like mm -hmm. that, right? And mm -hmm. I'm glad that my main first experience in the workplace was in Germany because the environment forced you to be productive, right? Yeah. Okay. Imagine 15 minutes, my boss was asking me, okay, what are you doing? Do you not have work, etc." Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I'm grateful for that because I saw many colleagues in other countries or in other places uh, it took a lot more time to do things like time management to mm -hmm. self-motivate to know that, okay, I have this meeting in the week and I really have to shine there. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, it's not good for me. And then start putting pressure on yourself a week before to do work. And you know, that productivity, I think is key. The second right. one about brand. Yeah. Which I think is very important is, uh, you know, in consulting later, I, I applied part of, the, let's say, this brand aspect that I got from Germany, um, and I could see how it was useful. So if you have a meeting with me at work, the meeting starts on time, or I'll mm -hmm. be there a few minutes before, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I could see a wide variety of people will come, you know, maybe on time, maybe a, a minute late or two minutes late. Mm -hmm. When someone comes to a meeting a minute late or two minutes late, it really bothers me. Mm -hmm. Like at least in those initial years. And in a weird way, the German colleagues, when I was in Dubai in consulting job, I felt relieved when I have yeah. a meeting with a German colleague because he is going to also most likely be there on time. You know what to expect, yeah? <laughs> you know what to expect. So, okay. And that helped to build a brand. So, you know, when mm -hmm. I talked to my team and et cetera, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was clear that, look, uh, this guy, he would be on time. Okay. And these things are really important because when it comes to promotions, to things like that, 
people remember you for what you consistently do. And so right. I think the takeaway for people here is, you know, forget about punctuality. Maybe it's something else that you want to show. Maybe you are the guy who's always helpful to others. Yeah. Maybe you mm -hmm. are the guy who always organizes. Mm. It's important to pick a brand and to do it repetitively and yeah. to communicate about doing it repetitively so that everybody knows you that this is your brand. Excellent. That's a very interesting point because I, uh, when I heard the second point of yours, uh, the brand and, and being aware of what you're doing because you are building expectations. Because before I was also thinking this yes. being on time only works or to a certain degree only works if everybody collectively adheres to that. You know, if, um, if the 50% of the people in Germany did it, it wouldn't create any value or any productivity because you don't know what to expect. And then I think what you just pointed out of being, you know, you know, aware of what you want others to perceive of you is a very, is a very valid point. Um, from what you spoke about, there's two or three other um, reflections I, I could generate. I think when you mentioned you were first confused and you didn't, let's say, take it personally, I think right. for me, it's also a little bit of, you know, benefit of doubt. If you have the capacity, if you have the energy or let's say the positivity, so just, you know, take it in, reflect on it and, and basically taking not, not taking it personal, you know, unless it's very clearly targeted to you at you personally, not get emotional, you know, in the first instance. I think those, how you reacted, how you explained it, you know, first confused and maybe hurt, but I think overall managing the situation to the best of your own, um, of your own interest, I guess. Yeah. So that's another aspect that I personally uh, uh, listened to or reflected upon. Uh, is there anything you would like to to say to that is that also how you feel what the takeaway is or would you um, would you yeah, frame it a little bit differently yes i think i agree with you and to me the key word there is if you have the energy to mm -hmm. so if you look at there are certain contexts that are that may be different where you know some people feel like they've been consistently victimized uh, yeah. sorry they've been consistently victims of you mm -hmm. know ill treatment etc so mm -hmm. When you feel like you're consistently victim of ill treatment, it's very difficult to have the energy, mm -hmm. right? So imagine sometimes there's this, uh, in, in the US, there are all these stories about um, uh, police shooting uh, people, mm -hmm. uh, police shooting black people, etc. Now, you know, you can say each time that it happens, that less uh, people remain calm and try to solve the problem, et cetera, right? But if, mm -hmm. if you feel that it always happens to people like you, mm -hmm. it, it, it can be difficult to not to have yeah. that uh, energy. Yeah. So I think the energy part is the, is the key, the key part. But what I would like to say is, for me at least, irrespective of what the situation is, whether it's prejudice or whether it's, um, uh, you know, it was just something that the person didn't mean or whatever, it's mm -hmm. always, I think, important for you as a person to think about what should be your reaction and what impact you're trying to get to mm -hmm. and to, to not let the raw emotion of the moment dictate your outcome. Because, you know, mm -hmm. me personally, when I'm too emotional, sometimes I do things that I will regret, right? Yeah, I would say, we all do, oh, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So... Mm -hmm. For me, the formula that I found is deal with my emotions to decide a course of action. But that course of action doesn't always mean I give the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. I can now sure. decide that, look, I think the person really meant it. 
-hmm. But do I need to continue engaging with that person? Mm -hmm. If not, uh, I say, no, I'm not going to engage with that person. Do I need to report that person somewhere? I may still do all of that. But my point is having a clear head, a clear mind when you're making the decision, I feel. Yeah, I understand. But I also think uh, that also comes down a little bit to, you know, first of all, you were, you were in that situation. You know, it's little time that you have to react, right? So it's, right. it's a matter, I guess, of first of all, experiences you made throughout your life. So, you know, that already, you know, decides a little bit on your reaction. Then there's emotions, how you interpret, interpret the situation. Is it, let's say, uh, insensitivity or is it really intent? And then uh, lastly, uh, yeah, thinking, uh, cognition that you just reflect uh, also in that, in that dimension, that, that I think creates your reaction. And again, I think experience is, is important in that, uh, in that area, especially because it happens rather quickly. But I think it's also helpful sometimes to reflect on those uh, situations, like where you encounter something that gets you emotionally uh, active, then later on maybe reflect like, well, how should I have done it else? Or maybe it was good how I reacted. So there's a fine, I think a fine line between uh, uh, being sensitive to your emotions and respecting your emotions and also thinking about uh, reflecting later on, on on a cognitive level what might have been uh, might have been the, the best reaction in that situation but I think um, since I we are agree. already I uh, we're already uh, almost at the end of this episode today I think uh, someone uh, it's uh, for you to share maybe words with uh, our listeners and I think I, I'm very happy for for this uh, episode and for this experience you share because me being German of course it's, it's nice sometimes to hear from somebody who has not grown up here how uh, you experienced it and I can relate to it to a certain degree. Um, and I think, yeah, I would like just to invite you to maybe share a few more words with our listeners and uh, yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for probing. Uh, I think I'd just like to share that you know, our friendship has been a good thing for me to understand in those early days, you know, what what is the German way of thinking and all sorts of things, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, for, I could see in you uh, a kind person. So even if I had a lot of like prejudice about the whole country as a whole, here is an actual person that you met who was kind to you. So you kind of have to change your mind, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have prejudice, but I'm saying if I had, uh, you know, that would have participated to things. And many times I come to you asking you things like, uh, this person did this and that. What do you think, etc.? And you mm -hmm. remember you, you explain things for me. Again, it could be that your opinion it was not the complete one, or it was not complete, or was not uh, fully valid. But at least I get to see how other people who come from a completely different perspective than me could see the problem. So I think to me the takeaway is I found making friends in the culture a good way to really get to understand. Um, for better or for worse, but to understand how the culture works. And in general, I think it helps in life to just to have some connections to the police. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I can just give it back. I think uh, generally trusted person to find two, three people you can just openly discuss matters with. And I think we were both new in that organization that we right. had and that <laughs> right. we had the challenges similarly and we had some, you know, enjoyments similarly. But then again, of course, you being also new to the country itself, uh, I'm happy, and I actually didn't know that, but I'm happy that we uh, shared those moments and, and uh, yeah, could we just, you know, speak openly about experiences we made. And we shall continue. Mm -hmm. So actually now I dropped into your final words, <laughs> but I just uh, yes. uh, wanted to share that thought as well. And yeah, someone, thanks a lot uh, for this. And uh, yeah, very much looking forward, everybody. Like, Likewise. Likewise, great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.